Welcome to the OSG Connections podcast, the place to hear from people who make OSG better together. I'm your host, Jim Carr. This episode is a conversation with Shelly Atienza, a client services manager based in Carroll Stream, Illinois. Shelly came to be part of OSG through its acquisition of Diamond Communication Solutions. Shelly has an important role at OSG's largest production facility, but she began her career in a small company, a team of four. We asked Shelly to join us on the podcast for several reasons. One is to talk about the work happening today at the Carroll Stream facility. Another is that Shelly's path through OSG has been similar to that of many other OSG colleagues. And another good reason is that, well, as Shelly describes herself and her LinkedIn profile, she's, quote, a curious problem solver, end quote. She has a lot to share about what she's learned, about asking questions, working in small versus large teams, and sometimes working with clients who might need some guidance and education at the same time we're serving them. Shelly, thank you so much for joining us here on OSG Connections. Hey, thanks for including me. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure. And just from our prior conversations, I know you have great stories and experiences that our listeners will enjoy. Let's begin, though, if you could give us the, uh, the path that you have had through small company and then increasingly large companies and more responsibilities in different locations. What has that been like for you on the path? Well, the interesting part of that story that usually ends up with a few chuckles and laughter is this is my one interview and one job out of college that I got a four-year degree. Another colleague of ours who still works at OSG themselves went to the same college and spoke in one of my classes that was actually one of my career path classes. And I walked up to her after class and said, hey, I'm graduating in May your job looks really interesting. Are you guys hiring? She took my resume. I had an interview and was hired as I graduated in the old millennium. So we won't age ourselves too much here. But from there, it was a very small boutique production agency called Williams Kincaid Group. And at the time, I was the fourth employee, soon to be. There were five of us right after I was hired. We hired a creative director. And to that, it was a startup. It was a company that had to, you had to wear a lot of hats. We outsourced all of our production and all of our print. And we were basically the conduit between the customer and the end mailing package for several different verticals and all of that. But being only four people strong, you had a couple people that were out selling. And then being an internal person, it was having client communication right away, learning by fire, and really getting getting your feet wet by just figuring it out along the way. So in 2004, Williams Kincaid was bought out by Diamond Communication Solutions, which then turned us into a bigger organization at that time. And then three years ago, Diamond was purchased by OSG. So it's been a series of acquisitions that has really grown both the internal space and the customer space that I've worked in. But my role has changed. I said I've only had one job, but I've worked in six different offices, held seven different positions, and really grown along the way. And where were uh, all these experiences located? You're in around Carroll Stream, Illinois now. All still within the Chicagoland area, all within about a half hour of the offices of each other. So uh, I've been very fortunate that I've been able to 
start, grow, and raise a family in the same place close to uh, friends and family where I grew up. That's wonderful. But you mentioned, okay, you've changed roles a lot. So you go from, let's figure it out as someone just out of school after one interview to increasing levels of what you're doing. What have you found have been the dynamics? And are there things that you took from that early experience in, as you say, figuring it out with a small team that you even use today? Yeah. So one of the main things that I've said throughout my career and that I learned very early on from my supervisors and and managers at the time was you have to be resourceful, is you have to make things happen. And if you don't have the answer, you have to go get the answer. It's not going to jump out at you. You're going to have to do the legwork to figure out how to make it simpler, how to make it more efficient, or how to make it less painful for your customers. And throughout the seasons that we've been changing jobs or changing verticals or changing markets, the information is all the same. Somebody has a problem and they need somebody to solve that problem to get their mail out to their customers. And it's defining what those problems are, knowing what resources need to be engaged to reach out to get that question answered or get that problem solved has really been kind of the catalyst that has stepped into what roles I've migrated into over the years. I'm curious about in your work with with customers and certainly back in what might have been a previous millennium, but won't mention that again, the kinds of things that they were trying to accomplish, the things that they were struggling with and asking about and how has that changed over time? It would seem that there's so many more options today and so much more information and data available that, uh, that that's become more complicated. But I am curious about what you've been hearing from customers over time and the kinds of problems that we help them solve. Well, one great example is timeliness. One of the vertical markets that I had worked with in the start of my career through the mid of my career was the casino industry. And I actually worked in a casino industry in, at a casino through college. And it is a very unique hospitality, customer service-based industry where everybody wants what they want. Your gamblers, you know, it's a very intense customer service relationship. Some of these are really happy or really upset throughout their experience. To that point, when you get to servicing that type of industry, it's all about timeliness. What I thought was amazing in working in the casino industry from a marketing perspective, even back before the digital age really came so prevalent, was never in your life were you ever calling your customer, calling your company to say, I haven't received my coupons, right? Nobody's calling your utility company saying, I haven't gotten my bill, but Susie next door got her bill and we're both going to go, you know, turn our lights on at the same time, right? There was always this (laughs) perception that I need to get my coupon book right now because I'm going to the buffet tomorrow. And if I don't have my coupon, I'm going to, I'm not going to get my $2 off. So timeliness has always been something that we've been challenged with trying to communicate. How often do you need to communicate to someone? How long the mailing cycle takes from the time that you decide to mail a promotion? How long it takes to execute the pre-production of that promotion, the production, and then eventually how long it takes to get two people's homes in the mail? All has to be considered. When I was working with the casino industry For several years, you're talking to a series of people or a department of people that 
may not have any marketing experience. They might be working in a marketing department, but a month ago they could have been working in the cage counting dollars and they saw a interdepartmental transfer. You know, they were able to get promoted because you get paid a little bit more if you're working in marketing. So suddenly now you're being put in a marketing position without any marketing experience. So for several years, part of my job and part of what we offered as a service was I would travel from casino to casino to casino to teach the marketing department at these casinos what a mail cycle looks like, how quickly you need to give us artwork, how long it's going to take for us to get artwork to proofs, to sign-offs, to approval, to production and mail, and really giving them a things don't, you can't ask me to mail something today and expect it to be out tomorrow. So there was a lot of learning on that point and really listening to them of what their struggles are from their standpoint to then adapt to develop a communication path to be an extension of their team. It would seem to me, Shelley, that that would take a certain skill and a certain empathy. So I'm just imagining there where you've got an important customer And then you have your contact at that customer who really might not know what he or she is doing or needs some education, needs some coaching. I tend to think that a lot of your OSG colleagues might not even realize they are really an expert in areas that serve customers. And they need to really remember that. They they know a lot of things that can be very helpful as we both educate people at the same time that we're serving them. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, Jim. And one of the other things is in every relationship that I've embarked on, I, one, want to learn from whoever I'm talking to because I think everybody offers valuable input. I think being part of now OSG has offered another layer of diversity of people that I haven't encountered, verticals that I haven't been exposed to, and really irregardless of what vertical it is, we're all trying to communicate the same thing and get and make our customers happy. And along the way, I want to, one, learn from those customers, learn from my colleagues, and just adapt to be an extension of that team that's proactive, resourceful, productive. Let's talk about that part for a while. I think you mentioned, Shelly, that uh, you became part of the, the OSG world about three years ago, correct? Right. So how was that at the point of transition? And how has that, in terms of the colleagues you've worked with, the resources you've drawn upon, it's a big question, but how has that been and how has your time uh, now with, with OSG and looking forward really informed you? It is a large question. Let's try and tackle it a couple of different ways. From an exposure standpoint, always at first, as soon as an acquisition, it's kind of business as usual. Everyone stays in their lane a bit while you're feeling out the waters of everything. Uh, and then the first big opportunity hits where we know we're going to have to collaborate together. We know we're going to have to all swim in the same pond. It's been a great experience so far, really learning from others, understanding their business. Recently, I was put into the government space needed to work on a project that was part of government and utilities. And I've never been exposed to that, but we had to onboard a customer and, you know, you're, you jump right in and you're talking to a customer and hopefully you can speak the language just from the knowledge base that you have. And that was a very successful uh, transition, but allowed me to work with people that I haven't worked with before and provide, you know, some ideas to them that they hadn't thought of and also learned a bunch 
of things that I hadn't been exposed to before. So I think overall, it's been a very positive experience to learn and have more exposure to the different verticals and the different people that are working with those. And you reached out to some colleagues, I would imagine at that time, who had more experience in the government space or who at least had some good guidance for you? The sales team was very helpful because they had been selling government all the time. You learn the lingo pretty quickly. But mostly what's drawing to your customers is I'll always say you're always an extension of their team. So there's always a a knowledge base of what the requirements are of whatever commitment you have to get a communication and there's the requirements of those communication. Beyond that is, okay, what are your customers complaining about and what problem can we solve that you may not even know right now? And to that, you don't necessarily need to have the lingo. You just need to have the problem solving skills or the resources to know, okay, well, I can solve A, B, and C by doing this. That may be phase two, phase three, phase four down the road. Let's get the pieces out the door first and then see how we can make it more efficient, more economical, or just a better use of everyone's time. So they're not having to use their customer service as much as they're having to call us type of thing. Outstanding. I'm curious as well, from your uh, manager position now and uh, the experience that you've had, any particular guidance or encouragement you would have to your OSG colleagues about reaching out to other people, resources that are available within the, the larger OSG community, just in terms of continuing to keep yourself sharp and ways that you can get help and ways to learn from others? Yeah, so I actually manage a team of 15 account customer care support staff in my facility. They are engaged in both the transactional and the direct response space. So to that, we're being exposed to some different opportunities from the larger OSG family. So we're working with different people on that side. I myself am trying to make sure that we are listening to what the temperature is of things in the organization, how to keep ourselves relevant, how to keep ourselves impactful and useful, and knowing that we offer not just a product, but I think our connections and our communications and our service is really what stands us out from some of our competitors. So I want to make sure that we stay relevant with those connections and that level of service that we provide in my department, that everyone knows that there's a value to that that isn't replaced by a product or a software. Is that the kind of encouragement I would imagine that you give to your team of how to continue to draw on the resources, talk to one another, listen to customers? I know I'm leading the witness here, Shelly. <laughs> to that point is always make yourself available be as resourceful as possible. I know I've said that several times, but to me, that's one of my cornerstones of my career is to try and continue to be relevant and resourceful and go out and be proactive and find the information that your customers are asking, not just wait for them to say, why haven't I gotten this back yet? So service oriented is really one of the cornerstones that I'm trying to focus my team on and really being an extension of whoever they're servicing at the time. I'm also curious, looking at both your management position and through the lens of the members of your team, what is it that gets you excited about? What do you think the areas are for personal growth, professional growth at OSG these days as, as the field certainly continues to change really quickly? 
personal growth is I love looking for new opportunities and finding value and really where are where's the need at the moment and can I be of service to someone or something and seeing someone struggle and being able to offer if it's not a short solution or a little bit of a longer term or a couple hours of my time that would make someone else's life that much better. I'm typically one to dive in and get into the weeds with somebody to just try and help them out. I encourage that from my team too, is I want to make sure that we're looking out for each other. We have a team structure here that we support each other. And when there are new opportunities, which I'm really excited for, um, Patrick had mentioned there is a new feature with Hatch that will provide a organization-wide job opportunities. So we're looking forward to that officially launching shortly so we can see what other opportunities may be available outside of the walls of our facility. Shelly, that instance where you talked about working for a government customer, my understanding is that there were some big things going on there. It wasn't a standard sort of new customer assignment. It was different for you, but for that customer, there were things at a very practical production level that needed to change, but there also was a difference for them organizationally. There was a lot of emotion going on there at the time. Could you talk a little bit about what that situation was like and how you and your team approached that? Absolutely. One of the biggest challenges I think was trying to overcome the adversity of them having the in-house operation of their production, moving it to an outsource of a vendor to OSG. There was a lot of emotions that went along with that from the contacts that we had that were losing some of their colleagues that they've worked with for 30 years, from a budgeting standpoint where they now can't afford to have this equipment in-house, so they had to outsource it. There were plenty of reasons for them to make that decision, But some of the emotions that went along with that is certainly they were able to say, stop the presses, something is wrong, I need to pull out a record, and they can go downstairs and pull that record and continue on with their day. Now they're having to change their whole sequence of events and and talk to a stranger that they don't know probably about something they can't articulate the question correctly as they would have been able to do with somebody that they worked with for 10, 20 years. So that was a large emotional gap that we were trying to give some empathy to, to say that we would love to continue to be a partner, ask us anything, we'll be available. It gave them just a sounding board to say, you can come see the plant if you need to come see the work. You can come sit in our conference room during COVID. It was, it was, it was quite, a, quite a feat. We had to get some extra levels of, of approval to do that, but we wanted to be able to give them a level of comfort that they weren't outsourcing it to somebody working in a garage. They were outsourcing it to somebody with a reputable reputation that could understand what the project was. But through that, we had several other additional hurdles. One, we had a very tight time frame, So we were given, I believe it was between 45 and 60 days that we had to be able to get their bills from their facility to our facility and make this transition. So we had an excellent team across the board on both sides from the customer and our side of people that were consistently working together to execute it by the due date that we needed to be able to make this transition. And to that effort, 
There were plenty of hurdles along the way as you go with any implementation as you're all finding out what the challenges and opportunities are of an implementation. But one of the big ones was their equipment that they were using internally was all cut sheet laser equipment that was running 1200 DPI, full color. So they were used to a specific level of quality and they were migrating to an inkjet quality that was used in our Renton facility, which would provide a white paper solution that would provide a SLA that they could meet that would be a better SLA for them that they would be able still be able to mail same day. And through that, our first level of understanding was we still have to meet this time frame. So when they saw the first draft of quality, they're like, well, this isn't what it normally looks like. And I said, let's take a step back. Number one, we have to get this out in the mail, this communication out in the mail. It may not look to be the expectations of what you're currently running or what you're used to seeing, but it's still the communication out to the customer. And enhancing to that, let's look at it holistically to say, all right, now we can take this document and we can manipulate fonts, manipulate colors, manipulate several different aspects of this document to give it an enhanced look that will now mock what you're used to seeing, which to that point, at least gives them of we're always working together. We're always trying to come up with solutions. It's not our way or the highway that will give them what they're looking for and meet their expectations through conversation. There's always going to be those little hurdles along the way. Our barcode didn't work with their barcode. We had to manipulate some things and develop those. But in the end, knock on wood, we're uh, still mailing every day. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. The details of that and the dynamics of it, Shelly, oftentimes we talk about more in the abstract, the importance of listening and asking the right questions and understanding and communication, all of that. But that's real. And so it sounds like you and your team did an excellent job of understanding the situation, both in terms of the product, the requirements and the expectations that were on on the customer, but also understanding what was going on, the human dynamic at that time. And so, again, I'll, I'll knock over here on the other side. Any other thoughts to colleagues who are listening to this at whatever level and however long they've been part of OSG and how they arrive there in terms of what you see as the opportunities, the things that they can do to to learn and grow and uh, continue to advance? I think one of the things that I really enjoy about being in my position in Carroll Stream and at OSG is the opportunities just to be able to be included in what's coming and what's next and how I can be of value and be included in the relevance to see where we're changing and where we're growing and whatever's coming down the pipeline. I've been fortunate to be part of, or at least I hope, part of just the experience to know and have my input valued. I've been given a long leash and been very supportive by management to explore and figure out how to make things happen and figure out what problems are there and how to solve them. And there's not a lot of in a mid-sized company like we've been, there's not a lot of, here's a specific path that we, your career path that you're going to be on. There's tends to be, here's our next opportunity and here's the need we need to fill. Where can you fit in, right? And what would you like to be a part of? And I'm typically one to raise my hand and say, I'm in, I'm part of it. What do I need to learn? And how much time is it going to take? And will I still have time to 
do my day job type of thing. And, and sometimes I'm doing both. And sometimes I have the luxury of being able to still manage a team and learn some new things along the way. So it's, it's been a great experience, I think. Shelly, this has been a great joy to have you on OSG Connections. Thank you for joining the podcast. We will, we will likely try to rein you in for a, another interview, another conversation down the road. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This podcast is designed to serve you and everyone across OSG. So we want to hear what you think about this episode and what you would like to hear about in the future. Which topics are most interesting? Which people would you like to hear from? Who has a story worth sharing? In future episodes, we'll also include some shout outs and acknowledgements from you. So if there's someone you know deserving a shout out, even if they aren't interviewed on the OSG Connections podcast, then by all means, let us know and we will let all of OSG know. For any of those reasons, send an email to podcast at osgconnect.com. And if you haven't done so already, then push the button that says subscribe. That means each new episode will be automatically downloaded into your podcast player. So you won't even have to think about it. You can listen on your schedule. Thanks for joining us, spreading the word and making connections.